This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody? Jeff Kasouf here with the Equalizer Podcast. Excited to bring you another special edition with Tori Huster, who is a player for the Washington Spirit. She has been with the Spirit since the inception of the league. The NWSL kicked off in 2013, and she's one of the only players who's done that. Uh, Very few players who have stayed with the same team, particularly players who are not on the U.S. national team who have stayed with the same team since the NWSL kicked off. So she brings a ton of knowledge uh, from, from that perspective, as well as she is the president of the NWSL Players Association. So has a really good view on sort of the bigger picture of the league and where things are going with the sport. So excited to bring you that. We talk a lot about the spirit um, and and their makeover over the past few years as they've kind of transformed as a club and as a team. Talk about the league and a a little bit of other interesting stuff, including uh, why she utilizes and believes in uh, a sports psychologist and, and would like to see more of that utilized throughout the league. So really cool stuff. Uh, real quick, if you are not familiar with the podcast and you're just tuning in, we've got a couple special episodes from Podcast Row, which includes Laura Harvey, new USU 20 coach, and Sky Blue FC general manager Elise LeHue. Both really interesting conversations um, and certainly uh, worth your time. And of course, subscribe to us here on whatever podcast, whichever podcast platform you're listening to, uh, rate, review, and check us out online for all the day-to-day news and analysis, equalizersoccer.com slash subscribe, and that'll get you to all the premium content. So we're going to pick up this conversation a little bit into um, what, a little bit into our conversation, the one between Tori and I, uh, where we're talking about the, her time as uh, the Washington Spirit original, and and we'll get into some of that, and she'll share some views on that. So, hope you enjoy. I was I was joking. I guess you were joking too. What's the secret? There's no <laughs> yeah. no real secret. No to, secret. Just hard work. You yeah. just gotta put your head down and, and grind it out. Yeah, it is cool. I mean, I guess not to, to harp on it too much, but it's a league that's um, even a sport that's very uh, volatile at times for players I'm sure you've seen and heard you know friends even that it's traded or it's teams told I mean there's you know it's, it's not a it's not something you see all the time yeah, it's a, not a stable lifestyle by <laughs> any means like even even the, the season itself is seven months so then you go home during the off season or you go wherever you need to go right. to train and stuff so you get used to living out of a suitcase and I know for players that have been in Europe too they, they feel the same and you I have had a stable experience as much or probably more so than other players so I am really thankful for that because it's provided stability in a really unstable career yeah yeah and a couple of stints one one year two years in Australia four oh four I'm sorry yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> four. that's pretty cool um, that was really cool it was 
and it still uh, it remains to be um, a league that works really well in in season with ours and it helps players keep ticking over and it's definitely I would say for the younger players is really good. Um, I think it's important to take off seasons when you can just to, to rejuvenate. You know, you see a lot of players come back and they'll play and end of the cell first couple months they might get injured. So in order to avoid that I think you have to be kind of cautious with how many games and how often you're training. If you can go down to Australia and you have a, a coach that understands that, which I did at Newcastle the last year, um, and kind of manage your loads, I think that is really important. So. Well, and I mean, I was, I had emailed you, and I think you said you didn't remember much, but we were here. Well, we just found, I was talking to you. I was here, I guess, in yeah. Baltimore. You were you were watching from afar um, yeah. that 2012 draft, WPS, drafted by the Flash, yes. Western New York Flash number nine. You probably something like that. Maybe the first the... pick of the second round was it, or last pick of the first round? It was either the first or the second pick yeah. of the second round, I think. Yeah. But funny story about that, actually. Yeah. Um, I went to, I didn't want to be with anyone. I was very nervous, like very, just unsure of what was going to happen. So I didn't come to the, I didn't come to the convention or the draft, but then even I was at Florida State training there and the, the day of the draft, I went to a coffee shop and to just watch on my computer because I think it was streamed on YouTube or something. It was streamed. That was like definitely. the dark ages. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> And the Wi-Fi kept cutting out, so oh. and it would freeze and everything. So I got in my car to go back home to just watch it at home. Yeah. And I end up getting a call from a teammate, and as soon as I answer it, you just hear all of the shouting, like hoorays or whatever. Yeah. And um, they said that I got drafted, and I was like, okay, cool, but like, where am I going? <laughs> I had no idea where I had been dra drafted to in my 10-minute ride back home. That's, that's how I found out. Huh, that's interesting. I thought, at least in like that first round sort of area, like I thought coaches try to like put a quick call in beforehand. Or... I had spoken to a couple of coaches, so I was I just didn't know okay. where I would end up gotcha. um, or when they were going to pick me. Um, but I can't remember if I had spoken to Aaron Lines beforehand or not. Um, but maybe one of the GMs. I yeah. honestly can't remember. <laughs> so long yeah. ago. So I mean. This draft, you just experienced as a veteran player watching players get drafted, including, I guess now current teammates uh, or future teammates here. Um, a huge, very different experience than I, I can tell you. I was just telling you the 2012 draft was like in a shoebox room, and you know, very, very different. Um, what was that like for you, um, from an experience perspective? I guess as a player, I mean, you've got your PA hat and your spirit hat. Um, I think it's it's what the players deserve. I, I, it's very professional, and I think it it was cool to see all the players and their families actually come and and be here so that they can enjoy that. Um, I don't know. I, I was impressed with a lot of the players getting up there and saying saying something, saying thank you. Um, but overall, I think it was just it was well put together, well thought of. Um, you have the broadcasters in the back, Lori Lindsay speaking up there. And that's really cool. The D, D, what was her name? DJ Amy Robbins or DJ something. Amy, yeah, yeah. She's the, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, she does like 49ers and uh, U.S. Women's National Team. Yeah, I mean, for me, thinking of the future, like I'm nearing the end, end of my career, but 
seeing the the growth and the progression of something like an event like that, which it should be an event, it should be something that is huge and um, something that is memorable for these players when maybe my experience wasn't so memorable. Um, but to, to have that and to experience it, I think is, is really cool for, for these girls. And, you know, the bar can always be raised. So how, how can we even make a, a really great event like that better next year? Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening and thinking about um, maybe coming to an NWSL draft, assuming it's at the convention again, which it's always, it always has been, uh, Anaheim next year, which is far and, and a very rare West Coast trip for this convention. But um, we'll probably need fans to come out to that because, uh, but uh, yeah it's a cool time it's um, well fr- from a spirit perspective number four pick yesterday Ashley Sanchez um, after I mean even from my own perspective of covering this league and always being confused a very confusing like hour of trades and who has what pick um, and obviously you know a trade that involved a significant piece going out for, for the spirit um, I guess I, I'm curious if you were, did you get to like see the craziness from that perspective of being there and, and just kind of your thoughts too on just what came out of it, obviously? Yeah, um, I saw people running around <laughs> like crazy and then I think when, I think it, at the time the first round was announced by Amanda Duffy, yes. I think. Yep. So when she was saying things, it was hard for me to process yeah. because there were so, so many things that she was saying. And <laughs> then you, I mean, you throw in allocation money and you throw in who has what uh, picks in this and then in 2021 and right. I'm just like who's tra- keeping track right. of this um, someone writing is, this down the answer is usually nobody yeah. is what we're finding out yeah. but. Um, but I think um, you know they asked me if I wanted to be at the draft table and I'm like we'll leave that for after <laughs> my playing career I don't need to be in on any of these conversations it's yeah. totally up to you guys full faith in them to make the right decisions in on a personal level, on a business level, um, you know, I, I do think that the spirit is in the best hands that it's ever been in, and I know Bill and Steve work really hard to, to make it a, a, a great place to be, and it's unfortunate that we lost Mal, but I feel like she is just going to absolutely kill it and in Sky Blue, and she has a lot of potential, and she's been a pleasure to play with, and on the field as much as off the field she's just uh, a pleasure and a great human to be around and um, I wish her the, nothing but the best and hopefully she doesn't score too many goals on us <laughs> yeah yeah well I mean last year and this, this is kind of the I think head coach Richie Burke I've, I've heard him talk a little bit in the off season and maybe even tail end of last season about um, you know I, I think from an outsider perspective um, there was some surprise at how well Washington did last year in terms of how quickly maybe some rookies stepped in in a league where that doesn't always happen um, immediately. Um, and, and, you know, in that playoff contention, and, and I've heard him talk about kind of now is about the not 2.0, but just really hitting that next stage of being a championship contender. So we've seen these roster tweaks um, throughout the offseason. For you, last year... Um, a couple of down years before that as, as a team, standings-wise, I, I guess well, 20, 2018 being, you know, Terrible. very, <laughs> um, you know, what what have you seen that's different, and even last year that was different from, you know, many different phases of this team throughout this league? 
Yeah, I think there was definitely a shift in culture. Richie will talk about that all the time. That was that was his MO when he came in, was just to change the culture completely. Get people in the group that believed that they could win and do everything that they can to win. I think, unfortunately, the last couple of years with Spirit, we literally just broke our spirit. So I think to clean house, to bring in um, new ownership, as well as new coaches, new staff, I think it was just a bit of a refresher. And yeah. I, again, I, I'm, I consider myself lucky to still be a part of it and to still um, help in any way that I can. Uh, we spent a lot of the off season having different chats about what needed to be improved. And I think you'd be surprised, we, we had a lot of rookies, but you'd be surprised if you believe in someone and you, you show them that you believe in them, that they start to believe in themselves too. And I think, a lot of them went above and beyond what anyone thought they were going to be capable yeah. of simply because Richie believes in us and I, we believe in each other. And we got along really well and I hope, I really do hope that continues. I think we have a culture that will stick. Um, but I'm looking forward to continuing to set higher standards than we set in previous years yeah. as well. Because I think there is just still so much room for growth yeah. and we have, we have the right the right mix in order to continue continue to improve. What, what are you looking at? Um, I imagine this is a conversation that's ongoing because it's January, but um, like I've, I'm used to seeing you in the center of the park. I'm yeah. surprised to see you as a fullback last yep. year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you were He's surprised really yourself. Just making use of my versatility. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was that? Uh, what are you looking at for? Yeah, I'm, honestly, I am, I'm good with wherever, as long as it's on <laughs> yeah, the field. Yeah. Um, I want to spend the rest of my career on the field. Um, that's a goal of mine. So I will play wherever he, wherever Richie needs me um, or finds me most useful. I think I've been lucky throughout my career to, yeah, I'm like mainly a midfielder, but that means I'm good on the ball and off the ball. So I can move up the park or back, back in, on defense and... Um, I think with as an outside back, it's still like I played it like a midfielder. Um, I was happy to get forward and happy to do the defensive work, but I haven't had too many conversations just yet about what my role looks like. Um, but probably going to do that pretty soon yeah. and just start to get ready, start to watch more video of last year of other players playing similar roles and. Well, we just came from, a, for our listeners, we just came from Richie Burke's training session here at the convention center, so I got like a miniature window into Snippet. his training yeah. for mostly defensive work is, is what it was, I Yeah, guess, but, I think it was a defensive um, session. The, the four C's, which I don't have my phone on me for you, maybe. They were <laughs> coordination, communication, connect, connection, and Control. Okay. Communi I, I got there slightly late, and communication was like, I must have heard it a hundred times. Um, Which so I think in the session you could really only hear Richie, but he's on, <laughs> he was mic'd up. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah communication is massive. Yeah, and, and defensively, you all were very, uh, very sound last yeah. year for, um, you know, and coming off the year where that was a big turnaround. So, um, well, I want to ask you, I mean, we did the intro with wearing a couple hats you're yeah. president of the players association which has done a lot the past year or two here since, since forming really um, and i know a lot still sort of on the horizon um i mean from a from a 
pulling back like a wider lens, a player at large, not just spirit. I mean, what's evolution of the league? I mean, we're kind of past, I think mostly past that stage of like, is it going to be here next year? Uh, but still, maybe that is the evolution that now we're like complaining about things that are like, why aren't we knowing information? And, yeah. you know, I mean, what's that been like from a player perspective? Um, I would say that there are still frustrations as a player. There's frustrations at, on the executive board, even for me and for the other, at the time, five people that had, have sat on it, that um, sometimes we don't get that transparency from the league. And sometimes we're just asking for a little bit of communication or what are you working on? Even if you don't have it just, just yet, what does it maybe look like? Or what are you intending on doing? Um, any communication would be good. Uh, I think they're definitely getting better at it. And we've tried to remain as transparent with them on what we're trying to do, just so maybe we get it in reciprocation. Um, but I think the league has really evolved. Really, I'm, I think it's just it's too slow for a player that's currently in it. But I think if you look down the line of in another eight years, where are we going to be? And I think that is where I need to have my scope of things. Um, Just because I think it's easier for me to make decisions when I think about maybe when I'm not playing. what What does it look like? And trying to get the best opportunities and make it the best place to play for, for players that want to play soccer, uh, whether that's international or uh, American players. And um, it's definitely, it's come a long way. And with our union specifically, it's come a long way pretty quickly. As I'm hearing some of the MLS, and they've been great with us, um, it took them a long time to, to form a union. And with the work of Yael, and the work of Brooke, I think they have done a tremendous job. Um, and I've been behind the scenes, <laughs> thankfully, but um, honestly willing to do anything to, to better the league yeah. and to better the experience of the players. Because I think it's super important. What's like, a, I mean, you look at that maybe doubling this eight-year window. I mean, we've, we've seen uh, in the past few months here that the approval of higher salary cap, higher minimum, higher maximum allocation money that theoretically and hopefully helps you know everybody across the board um, from a player perspective what's sort of top of mind top of list for you that needs addressing needs fixing maybe even that is for that next horizon of players I mean we have a long list of things that we'd like to to work on um, specifics of that are, are probably mainly the communication with with the with the league and how do we communicate and also kind of understanding um, what the how the league operates um, and that kind of stuff so you see Amanda Duffy she is going to now work with Orlando how, how does that position look when it's being filled and what are the responsibilities and all of that but then um, I think right now our main concern is probably more importantly focus on us Um, and how we want to operate so that we set a good foundation for whoever needs to fill our shoes and our roles um, in in the years to come. Um, Like I said, Yael has done a really good job. It's a full-time job and she has other things that she's been doing. 
Um, so potentially trying to secure an executive director that can lead us forward um, just as much or if not more than she has. Um, but I would say that I think the all the salary stuff, the the, um, the way that they're doing it now, I think is it's important to continue um, gaining on that and kind of keeping the ball rolling there because we'd all like to see the salaries go up. Um, and that's just a matter of then how are, how are we generating revenue and um, there's just a lot that goes into it. Like there's yeah. so many things that need to be dialed yeah. in on and we're trying to do the best that we can, I guess. Yeah, yeah. probably something that we could go like three hours on. Yeah. I promise story it'd be like 20 minutes. So um, what, I guess you've alluded here a little bit of looking beyond your career, knowing you're better. I mean, have you thought about what I mean, I'm not talking retirement, I'm yeah. like shushing you out the door, but I mean, no. like, you know, we're at a coaching convention that always comes up, players, do you want to coach? I mean, have you looked at kind of what you want to be doing? Is it more in this structural kind of management with, with the players? I think I'm kind of trying to feel it out. Yeah. Um, I did the C, the NWSL C license, okay. nice. and that was really cool to be a part of. I kind of wanted to do something that was out of my comfort zone, and that build that perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm very interested. I, I actually come from a line of coaches. My grandfather was a coach. My dad was a coach. Wow. Um, so it interests me and I think I can see the game and um, especially being a player right now, I, yeah. I can see things even having done a, um, a, a C course. I think it's yeah. a, just a different perspective and makes me appreciate Richie a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think that's definitely a pathway that I will want to continue to see if I'm interested in. But yeah. then, I, I mean, I love doing the stuff with the PA, so yeah. I would like to stay involved administratively as well. Um, but I, there's this whole other side of me that's really interested in health and wellness, and um, just got to see if I can maybe cluster them all together and yeah. form my own career for myself. But, <laughs> Well, we need, I need you to be like our producer because I meant to okay. ask you about. That's a great segue to your. You were talking on your panel there. Yeah. I was interested. You said that you very much believe in sports psychology, yes. um, and that, that you utilize it. The team utilizes it. Is that um, right? Or? I've had conversations with the team. I believe they will be providing one this year. Okay. Um, through however we do our medical stuff, uh, whoever we partner with. Okay. So I believe that will be provided for everyone, but I use someone outside of the team. Okay. And I did for all of last year. Um, his name's Stu Singer. He actually works with the Washington Mystics. Okay. Nice. And um, he acts as a bridge between players and coaches. And I think it's it's interesting to see it in a team perspective when you think of more like therapists are just one-on-one -on -one. Yeah. but if you bring him into a team environment I think he could also be very useful but he was useful for me as just an individual player too. What does that look like I mean obviously not super detailed patient you know confidentiality stuff but I mean yeah. like what is a sports psychologist like in, in dummy terms for somebody listening like what are they doing to help you or how would they help a team or what, what would they kind of facilitate? I think I'm sure that Stu attends probably their practices and their games too, and there's lots of little conversations or interactions that happen throughout games and throughout practice that might be misinterpreted by one one party or the other, um, especially when it's the coach-player dynamic. And the way that a player might be behaving 
um, might be because of something completely off the field that Stu would know about, um, but that a coach may not know about. And it's not to say that Stu would then go and tell the coach what's happening, but he could try to rearrange the thoughts of a coach in in the way that it's not maybe she's not unhappy because she's at training but of something else that's going on so Personal something as simple yeah. as that yeah okay um but i'm yeah i'm really dumbing that down because no that's Stu I mean, that's, is doing yeah. like a <laughs> lot of very intellectual things that um are they were really useful to me and a lot of times you you know you hear all the cliches and mind over matter and stuff like that but right. Stu was able to give me actual t- tools that would help me mm-hmm. in everyday settings as well that's interesting yeah I think I mean in our job in media in the fan world and everywhere I think it's easy to I don't know if players feel this but like it's easy to forget that we're talking about people yeah. Um, so yeah I mean you have a bad day for whatever family stuff going on or, and then you have to show up and train because it's your job. So, right. um, so that's interesting to hear. Yeah. That's, uh, well, hopefully that maybe that's something that, you know, one of those longer term plans yeah. or goals that I'll teams would have. And, always advocate for that. I think it, um, it definitely serves a purpose and is really helpful for both, like coaches as well. I think coaches can totally benefit from that. Yeah. Um, and just understanding what they're doing is affecting their players and how it's affecting them um, mm-hmm. and how best to get, get the right things out of, the people that you need and um, getting the most out of them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, um, 2020 is here, season okay. eight. Um, anything, I mean, anything particular you're looking forward to for the league or the, the sport at large here? Yeah, I think um, my biggest thing is the exposure of the, of the league. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, as as a veteran, I, I want to see our games on TV. You know, sometimes you, you're on ESPN and it's like darts or something like that. And I would love to see it <laughs> yeah. be women's soccer. And yeah. so I'm looking out for the a broadcast deal, hopefully, potentially. And um, I, I hope that that brings exposure not only to our national team players because they have done such a great job of um, just bringing attention to our league, but all for all of the non-athletic players as well. Yeah, lots of optimism around that TV potential TV deal. So, yeah, uh, we're, we're, I think this is wood right here, so we're yeah. not wood. Uh, well, Tori Houston, thank you for joining us here on yeah, Podcast Row, Baltimore. Um, sort of your second home area. I guess. Yeah. DMV is yeah. adopted home at this point. Exactly. Yes. So, um, yeah. Thank you for joining us here with uh, on the Equalizer Podcast. Of course, happy to. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.